0: Okay friends, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this up front this morning, okay? Today's what I like to call an eat your vegetables kind of sermon, okay? Here's what I mean by that. Remember when you were little and your mom told you to eat your vegetables, right? She knew you didn't want to, but she knew that you really needed to, right? Well, that's kind of where we're headed this morning. Uh, When I was little... My mom did everything she could to get me to eat my Brussels sprouts. Anybody like Brussels sprouts as much as I do, which is not very much? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I kind of faked you out there. Who likes Brussels sprouts? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I, that was the vegetable that I just did not want to eat growing up. Um, and, and my mom did everything she could to try to get me to eat that particular vegetable she she called it different names she put cheese on it and uh, you know did things to make it sound more appealing she even told me that like my favorite actors and and baseball players and teachers all loved Brussels sprouts in order just to try to get me to eat Brussels sprouts um, you know I guess now we got the internet I could fact check all that and see if they really did eat Brussels sprouts but um, anyways my point is that for me Eating those vegetables, eating, and, and the staff can tell you this too, I still don't like to eat my vegetables, but um, but when I was a kid, eating Brussels sprouts was kind of like uh, kind of like taking a bath and going to bed at the appointed time. It all fell into this, this category of things that I knew were good for me that I just didn't want to do. Uh, does anybody, y'all have things like that in your life, right? Uh, that was it for me, and I remember every time we had Brussels sprouts, my response was always the same, but I don't want to somebody and say, but I don't want to. See, some of y'all were like, but I don't want to do that, even though I hate when preachers do that, right? <laughs> you didn't want to do that. But I don't want to. That was always like the the cry of my heart. And, and I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. Uh, but first, just to kind of uh, set the stage for us, we've been talking the last few weeks about uh, the different kinds of relationships that we have in life, right? We and the foundation of it is Jesus's uh, reminder to us of the greatest commandment, right? Love God, love your neighbor, right? Uh, but we've been talking about all these different kind of relationships that we that we're navigating in our lives, where we're trying to live this out faithfully as followers of Jesus, as beloved children of God, and members of of Christ's body, the church. We've been talking about what does it look like for us to be love to the people around us as an expression of our love for God, an expression of our faith? What does it look like to love one another with the selfless, sacrificial, servant-oriented love of God in Jesus Christ? We've been talking about how, um, how that's difficult, right? It's, it's challenging on a daily basis, if we're really honest, uh, to be love in those relationships that we're in, to be love uh, with our family, with our friends and our neighbors, it's, it's a challenge sometimes. And so uh, today is the last day of this conversation before we start our new series next week uh, about the Jesus-shaped life. So I thought today to kind of bring this conversation to an end, that we would sort of take that challenge to another level. And so today what I want us to talk about is what it looks like to be love to our enemies. The title of the sermon today is, beloved enemies. And it's got a little question mark at the end. And and I put that question mark there, not because we're unsure about whether or not we need to, right? Jesus makes it very clear to us uh, in the passages that I'm going to sh- share with you this morning that we're supposed to love our neighbor. The reason why I put our, I put that question mark there is because if we're honest, we're not really sure if we want to, right? I mean, if we're really honest, right? That's That's why this is an eat your vegetables kind of sermon today, because our scripture lesson this morning, Jesus is preaching kind of an eat your vegetables kind of sermon to the people that he's around. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount, and it's found in in two gospels, the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of Luke, chapter five and chapter six. So so I want to read this for you this morning, And, and with that in mind, I want you to hear God's word for us today. First one comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those that love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? That's interesting because, you know, Matthew is the, the tax collector. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, your as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now I want to move over to Luke chapter 6. I want you to hear Luke's version of this. Again, it's Jesus speaking. He says, but you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other to them also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be paid in full. But again, he says, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you'll be called children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. This is God's word for us today. Jesus is telling us to eat our vegetables. And if we're really honest, come on, be really honest this morning. When you first heard those words from Jesus, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I'm willing to bet that your honest response was something like, but I don't want to. I don't want to hear that. Be honest. Come on, you have to raise your hand. Somebody did. I won't, I won't, I won't point them out. <laughs> but I don't want to, right? Well, let me be honest with you. This is my turn to be honest. I really didn't want to preach this this morning. I'm really honest. In fact, I, I wrestled with it all week. Uh, usually, just to give you a little glimpse into sermon prep for me, usually I'm, I'm pretty much done with my sermon by, by Wednesday morning. I've still got some of the fine-tuning to do and, and um, a little work to be done, and I make my slides for Sunday morning, but, but usually by Wednesday, I'm pretty far down the road. And I'll tell you, this particular Wednesday morning, I woke up and I hadn't even started, uh, when I got up this mor- when I got up on Wednesday morning, I didn't have a single word written down and, and you know, I could have blamed it on a busy week. I could I had lots of meetings and trainings and, and family activities and responsibilities. But if I'm really honest with you this morning, the truth of the matter is I was putting it off because I didn't really know what I wanted to say, or actually I knew what I needed to say, but I just, I just didn't want to. Just like that little boy eating Brussels sprouts. The cry of my heart as I was preparing to preach this week was, but I don't want to. Because I knew if you were like me, you didn't want to hear it. And so I didn't want to say it. But as I was wrestling with that this week, I was reminded of this truth that I want to share with you today. And that's this. This idea of, of loving your enemies, of of praying for those who mistreat you, of not judging and condemning others, but actually forgiving and, and blessing others. This, this idea is about as popular today as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus first preached this Eat Your Vegetables sermon. But, but here's the other thing. It's every bit as important today as it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus preached this sermon. Jesus's words are as relevant today as they were 2000 years ago they're as relevant as they've ever been but they're also as radical as they've ever been even though the names and places have changed these ideas are are countercultural and they're counterintuitive they're hard to hear and they're even more difficult to do for the disciples of Jesus both in the first century and the 21st century it's because they make absolutely no worldly sense. <laughs> and yet they're the only way to make sense of this world or the world to come. It's the only way to experience life in the kingdom of God, even in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. But that's the kind of la- the life that we pursue in Christ, this life that's abundant and eternal. It's, but it's a completely different way of life. And it's grounded in in the good news of God's grace. Think about that for just a minute. How this difficult message is, is a message of grace. How? Do to others, not as they've done to you, but as you would have them do to you. Do good to others, not because they love you, but even maybe if they hate you. Pray for not just the persecuted, but for the persecutors. Even the ones that misunderstand or misrepresent or mistreat us. These ideas are as world-changing as they are life-changing. But that's exactly what happens when we have an encounter with Jesus. It's what happened then, it's what happens now. It's why every Wednesday night when we gather in this room to watch an episode of The Chosen, my prayer each week is the same. I pray that we would have an encounter with Jesus just like the characters in that TV show, just like the the people in the stories of scripture. They had an encounter with Jesus that was life-changing and it was world-changing. And that's what I pray for us on Wednesday night. It's what I pray for us on Sunday morning and every day in between that we would have an encounter with Jesus that is both life-changing and world-changing. That's what happened to the disciples then and it's what happens to disciples now. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Sometimes we can do that with this passage. Is, Is Jesus asking us to excuse behavior of those who've mistreated and abused us? Absolutely not. Is Jesus telling us to encourage those who take what's not theirs and prosper at the expense of others? No way. I don't think for a second Jesus is talking about giving up or giving in to injustice or oppression from people in power over us. I I simply believe Jesus is teaching us another way of life in the midst of all that. Jesus is teaching his disciples this this radical kind of nonviolence as an act of defiance in this Culture of self-reliance and self-preservation. A few weeks ago, we talked about how we as human beings have a tendency to be more concerned with the love of power than with the power of love. Do you remember that? That's exactly what I think Jesus is teaching in this eat your vegetable sermon. In this passage today, he's saying, this is what it looks like to live differently in this world, to live lives that demonstrate the power of love to a world that's been blinded by the love of power. Jesus is inviting us to participate in the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. He's teaching us how to respond to people not based on what they've done or haven't done, but based on who we are in Christ and who God is. See, this is a powerful lesson about the power of love, God's love for each and every one of us that teaches us how to love one another in the way that Christ loves us. It was a difficult message then, and it's a difficult message now, but it's a message that's grounded in the good news of God's grace. Jesus is teaching us how to respond with grace and mercy by learning to recognize how God has responded to us with grace and mercy. Does that make sense? See, the good news of God's grace is that God has has responded to us not based on what we've done or haven't done, but on who he is and what he has done in Christ. Remember that passage we read a few weeks ago at the beginning of this conversation, Romans chapter 5? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The rest of the passage I didn't read, I want to read it for you this morning. It says, while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. With that in mind, I want you to hear a couple of those verses from Luke's gospel again. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. It's the good news of God's grace. Thanks be to God that God's response to me is not based on what I've done or haven't done. But it's based on who he is. And He is kind and loving and merciful. And that very same God calls me to then respond to others not based on what they have done or haven't done. But based on who I'm called to be in Christ. Which is kind and loving and merciful. Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. This is what life is like in the kingdom of God. And it's the life that we've been invited into, the place where. We love our enemies, not because of what they've done or haven't done, but because of who we are in Christ, where we pray for those who mistreat us, not necessarily because it changes them, but because it changes us, where we do to others what we would have them do to us, not necessarily for their sake, but for Christ's sake. And when we do that, we, we experience this life that's grounded in the power of love, the love that's unconditional and sacrificial. It's the kind of love that has the power to change our lives and to change the world around us. It's a life not bound by judgment or condemnation, but it's set free by forgiveness and bountiful blessing. Jesus describes the the blessing like this. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap. It may not always be something we want to do or even can do in our own strength. It's really something only God can do. It requires the kind of transformation that's only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the kind of love that's life-changing and world-changing, but but it requires a response. It requires a willingness for us to maybe change or, or to be changed. It reminds me of one more story from scripture, just a little earlier in Luke's gospel. There's a story of how Jesus teaches this lesson to one of his would-be disciples. Maybe you remember the story of of how Jesus calls Simon Peter. He's been fishing all night. He hadn't caught anything. He's frustrated. He's tired. He's discouraged. And Jesus comes to him in the middle of all this. He's mending his nets. He comes over and gets in his boat and he says something that's kind of kind of counterintuitive, kind of countercultural, maybe even a little bit rude. He gets up in his boat, and he says, I want you to cast your net into the deep water. Put out into the deep water and and let down your net for a catch. I bet everything inside of Peter in that moment was saying, but I don't want to. But that's not what he says. Listen to what he says. Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. And what happens next is this picture of 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 the bountiful blessing of obedience, what life in the kingdom of God is like. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so they signaled their partners to the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. In that moment, Peter's life was changed, and it put him on this path that would change the world as he learned to follow Jesus, as he learned to trust him with the results, to do things that didn't make sense other than that Jesus told him to do it. He learned how to live this life of faith in the kingdom of God. He was transformed by the power of love. And Jesus sent him out in the power of love to be a part of the transformation of the world. It's what Jesus did then, it's what Jesus wants to do now it's what it looked like when when people like you and me have an encounter with Jesus. It's life-changing and it's world-changing. So the question I want to ask you this morning to think and and pray and wrestle with is what does that look like for us as disciples of Jesus Christ? What what would it look like for you to be love to to that person or to those people that that you see as enemies. My guess is, without me going into great detail, you, you've you probably got someone or someone's in your mind today that maybe you've seen or that you see as, as an enemy. Maybe somebody on the other side of the line, whatever line it is that's been drawn or someone who's mistreated you or, or misrepresented you or misunderstood you as I thought about it a little more this week, maybe, maybe that person that popped into your mind is, is you. You know, more often than I'd like to admit, I'm my own worst enemy. So maybe for some of us this morning, Jesus is calling you to love yourself, to be kind and merciful to you, to pray for peace in that war that you're, you've raged with yourself so that you can do to others as you would have them do unto you. So whatever that looks like in your heart and mind this morning, I wonder if I could be so bold as to invite you to pray for that person or those people that are on your heart and mind today. What would it look like for you to lift up to God someone on the other side of the issue than you, someone with a different political affiliation than you, someone that's hurt you or mistreated you or or something difficult that God might be calling you to do or say that something that just the very thought of it, everything inside of you right now might be saying, but I don't wanna. And that's okay, that's normal, That's, that's our natural human response, right? But I wonder this morning if that might be the beginning of an honest prayer. God, but I don't want to, but because you say so, I will. What if God's calling you to move from from that first phrase, but I don't want to, to the phrase that Simon Peter used. I don't want to, but if you say so see the difference? I can't believe I'm saying this, but, but what if the challenge this morning is to move your butt from, but I don't want to, I don't want to, but if you say so, what kind of transformation might happen if you were willing to move in that way, to lay down your nets, to let go of the love of power and cast yourself into the deep waters of God's amazing grace so that you might experience the power of God's love, a love that's boundless and unconditional for you and for those around you, a new way of life in Christ. And what if it starts with you being willing to eat your vegetables this morning? Can I pray for you and with you? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word and for your spirit. God, even when your word is, is difficult to digest, Lord, we know that you share it with us because of your great love for us and for those around us. We know, Lord, that, that your word, even the, the words that are hard to receive are, are covered in your grace. Lord, we thank you that you love us unconditionally and sacrificially, not because of what we've done or what we haven't done, but because of who you are. Lord, we thank you for your grace that has saved us and is saving us day by day. Lord, I pray today that we would receive your word and allow your spirit to do what we can't do. God, if we're really honest, if I'm really honest, I can't do what you're asking me to do unless you come and move in my heart and my mind and my life. But that's exactly what you do. And so, Lord, I pray that for me and for each person that's here today. That we would truly have an encounter with you that is life-changing and world-changing. Lord, that you would change our hearts and minds. that you would move our butts so that we might experience the bountiful blessing of obedience that we would trust you and entrust to you everything in our lives that we might know that we are your beloved so that we might be loved to those around us Lord, I pray that you would give each one of us here an extra measure of your grace today. Press down, overflowing, poured into our laps so that we might share it with those around us. Not perfectly, but faithfully. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us with an everlasting, unconditional love. Through your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. We sing our closing song today. The altars are open. If you'd like to come and pray, I wanna encourage you to come and pray. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you just wanna stay in your seats and pray, if you just wanna sing and listen to the words of these songs just with these last couple of minutes of our service. my prayer is that you would be open to whatever God wants to, to say to you, to your heart today, that you would respond. Would you stand as we sing?